You unlock this door by pressing play on your podcast player. Beyond it is Aspara, another world. A world of distractions, a world of horrors, a world of betrayal. You're moving into a land of either good nor evil, of blurry lines and gray areas, of what happened last time on The Incursible Party. Deciding to seek further refuge in the creepy aura, the party witnesses Tenchi's trashed underground tattoo parlor where Danzig's barrel was once stored. Here, they argue about their next move as Mia, in an act of desperation, prays to her celestial guide, Herafina. Receiving more bad news, she is shown a vision of a summoned threat to the safety shell. Deciding to deal with what they can, despite the myriad of pressing issues, the party treks into the small mountain clusters and prepare to infiltrate Erica's tent in the cultist encampment. You've now crossed into the continuing adventure. As the second round of ten minutes progresses, with Thunder capturing his own image in this mirror, you see uh, Erica still kind of milling about, and from the, the fenced-in tents, the supply tents below you, you see uh, uh, one of the cultists here, they go into it, and they come out with what looks like a, a pig, like the kind of this squealing pig in their arms. And they carry it the, the hundred feet or so over to Erica's tent. And Erica kind of looks at it, and she moves to the, the opening of her tent and raises an arm and beckons to something inside, and out comes stepping this giant crocodile. And the cultist kind of, even from where you can see him, he looks a little, like, shaken, like, scared. And he kind of throws the pig at the crocodile, and the crocodile just opens his jaws and snaps onto this little pig as it devours it. And Erica kind of bends over and, again, gives this crocodile a pat with her, her right arm. And, Thunder, you've successfully captured your image in this mirror. That's not good. Yeah, so um, I suppose if Shaft is the one who's thinking about going to get um, uh, what's left of Danzig, perhaps Shaft might want to look like Thunder instead of me. Well, I'm going to be a short Thunder. Are you not going, Falzern? Well, uh... You're already in robes. It makes sense. Yeah. So remember, it, it acts as the polymorph spell. So Shaft, you would... Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. I I'm in. So Dreg Dreg sees this too and, and kind of speaks up. If this mirror works more than once, then perhaps all of us could be changed into something less conspicuous and go together. Well, well, Dreg, what what would you propose that we turn? I mean, we don't all want to look like Thunder here. Well, you at said least not identical. How many ropes do you have? I have two. Let's go kill some cultists. I hate them. I, I may be able to get away in what I'm wearing at a distance. Yes, um, me as well. I mean, I, the color's a bit off, but I am wearing robes. Are they bright pink or what? Alternatively, I, I could make Mia and Shakara invisible for a time. Yes, I think that is a better plan than polymorphing us. I like my armor. I agree. I'll turn into whatever thunder and go down and work my way in to get Danzig. Let's do it. How are we going to kill him? I'll take care of that. I, You said you would take care of him before. Now, Shakara and Mia, are you intending to come along in Invisible? I think it best that Shaft not go alone. Yes, I agree. I want to do an insight check on Shaft when he says he will take care of Danzig. Okay. Uh, Shaft, you can roll any opposing roll uh, if you want. And, can uh, I as well because of how Yeah, absolutely, sure. And then um, John can, based on the two of your results, can, can let you know uh, how you should feel. I got a 15. I got a 15 as well. 17. Frick! I had a plus 8. Based on what he says, then you are fairly confident that he'll stick to his word. I really don't want to have to kill Shaft. But we will. But, will. but we would. That's the thing. That is, the, that is why we're not letting him go himself. I do not believe Shaft should go alone. Yes, I think if Shaft and I transform ourselves um, and you two become invisible, we, we can all go. 
Let's do it. We're not going to attack Erica because she will, right? We're just kind of sneaking in, doing whatever this Danzig is. It that's the name of the guy yes, in the thing. Yes, that's that's the current plan. Yes. We're going to kill the matron's vessel. Well, it sounds sexier when you put it that way, but okay. <laughs> we cannot let Kralakina come to this plane. And it's so weird. I've been trying to get Kralakina to come to the plane for ages, and now I just feel liberated that we're gonna go. You know what? I I could sing. I'm I'm not gonna shout, but I I could. This is this is exciting. I've been in a cave for two weeks. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All right. I'm so, so lonely. Shaft. <laughs> you should probably also um, make make Shakara and me a sneaky. I guess you'd, you'd be able to make us all sneaky, but they're going to need to sneak especially more than anyone right. else. So everybody do whatever they need to do, and then I'll do that. Absolutely. So, Shaft can be metamorphosized, and it does appear to work. As as you morph and you change, there's there's a there's a instance in the transformation that you get stuck, almost in like this Picasso-esque, like your face and visage is all warped, and then... You kind of like give your head a shake, and it continues to morph into the beautiful wood elf Thunder as a duplicate is now standing before him. And Dreg will do his casting and make Mia and Shakara invisible. And Dreg will take a pair of your black robes to put on, because now Shaft is a duplicate of Thunder and everything he was wearing, so he's in the robes. Sweet. Falzerin looks like Falzerin. Yeah. That's smart. If he pulls his hood up on his robe, he can kind of hide. Well, I, I think Falzern was going to... I thought you were going to become Thunder. Yeah, I think that's the plan as well. You guys are triplets. It's, you're triplets. It's believable. Alternatively, Falzern could become invisible. All you are concerned about Falzern is not looking like you, right? Because you have cultist robes. You could disguise self. You could disguise self if you were. If that's what the concern is, right? You, you could just do that. You should not be you, is all I'm saying. Erica would remember you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose it makes sense for Falzerin to to use disguise self to make him appear just as a a low level cultist. So just to speak. a lowly cultist. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but not uh, not exactly the same as Thunder. Would I think it'd look pretty odd. A little more handsome. Inevitable. So I will do that. So we'll head down out of the mountains, or I'm going to lead if anybody wants to go ahead, and head down and, and walk out for far enough down the pathway where they don't see us just sort of walking out of the mountains and appear like we're walking up uh, the main road. And then when we get to the, about where the barrels are, uh, just southwest of Erica's tent, start heading over that way and as you come upon the barrels there's no there's really no activity around them you see what looks to be like upwards of a hundred of these barrels and they're you know they stand about three or four feet tall they have a diameter of about two feet maybe and just kind of stacked in this pile they do all look to be full and you also see an assortment of what like those kind of those pump tools that you witnessed them using inside the city to to resurrect the dead and stuff Again, just kind of arranged in this this kind of orderly pile uh, next to them, kind of this gear bench, if you will. And you you have now seen though, uh, as you walk down the 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 mountain, Erica has uh, has kind of gone with these doppelgangers, and she's no longer next to her tent. So you you have kind of lost sight of her as she has moved more into the masses of this army moving around. And you do see a few other cultists. They are kind of again milling about you see a few sharpening some blades and that kind of thing is there anybody standing outside of the entrance to erica's tent does not look like it no is the tent open from the front enough where i can see into it or is it closed uh the flaps are are closed uh there's you know about a couple inches of a slit you know where they kind of meet in the middle uh so you there's not much visibility inside of it from where you are no i'm going to walk up confidently like I know where I'm going and what I need to do and walk into the tent. I assume everyone else follows. Yes. I will be yeah, side, side by side. Visibly, sure. I'm there. 
So the invisible peeps can uh, make a stealth check as you, again, you're moving closer and, and kind of moving now amidst some of these other working cultists and, and drowned. Like, yeah, you know, the, the, the pale skin and coral of some of the drowns on their, their skin as you get closer. Okay, so I'm 20. I'm at 23 then. Excellent. So you're able to make it to her tent and shaft you throw open the flap. And walk in and scan the, the tent quickly for the barrel. Oh, no. Huh. It's no big deal. As you step into the tent shaft, it is a very large tent. And it's, you know, it's not like lavishly decorated, but there is some furniture and stuff. Uh, you know, the the, sto- the floor beneath you is still the stone of terrain of, of the island itself. There are a few shelves and a, a desk with some strange knickknacks, uh, a large bed to one side of it. And at the very far end is the familiar barrel in which you've found Danzig in. And next to it, you see this large crystalline minotaur. It's It looks very immediately similar to the crystalline substances you found on the Rising 3 that was used as fuel. Its body is constructed of it, and inside of it you can see, like in its core, is that, that kind of dark bluish, almost black liquid within its body. And immediately to your left is the giant crocodile that you saw devour the pig. And as you walk in, it raises its head and looks at you, and its mouth kind of slowly opens. Well, he's probably not hungry. I mean, I don't know what we were expecting. We definitely did see that it go back into the tent, so there it is. <laughs> I will uh, walk, once again, confidently, like I know what I'm doing, over to this, uh, was it like a desk or a... You take ten steps in, and we can roll initiative. <laughs> Even the invisible people? Well, if you want to sit and watch them fight, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you start fighting, then we're not invisible. Ugh. Yeah, but we can decide that when it gets to be our turn in the initiative, whether we're going to fight or not. You roll. And okay. Then you okay, okay, okay. 17 for Falsy. 19 for Shaft. 18 for Mia. 15 for Thunder Muxcroggings. <laughs> 20 for Shakara. Shakara, Shakara. Yeah, that hasn't gotten old at all. <laughs> so yeah, Shaft, as you progress further into this room, you just see the large crocodile. It like starts to... What kind of noise? What does a crocodile noise? It starts to, yeah, kind of Rawr. roar. <laughs> whatever the whatever noise the crocodile makes. And uh, Shakara is first though, in initiative. So the croc is threatening us, coming after us. Yeah, you have yet to see the crystalline minotaur move. But is the crocodile attacking, or did it just roar or make a noise? Well, it ha- it's opened its jaws. It started to make uh, a noise, and it is in the midst of taking a step towards it. He makes that face when he's going to attack. I know that from... Let's give you the wink. He had a... So I, I would Come stop on. moving when they made the noise. Just uh, to, thematically, I'm walking there, looking like I know what I'm doing. Rawr! You know, and I'll stop. Turn and look. Yeah, he's going to kill us, so we should probably do something about that. But I can only say six words or something, so ignore this. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so I will run up as far as I can. And uh, since we had a short rest, I do have my breath weapon back. Uh, so as I come up close to him, as I run at him, I will yell, Heat flame! The crocodile got a five. <laughs> that doesn't cut the mustard. That's 19 points of flame damage, and I am visible, I assume. Yes, you do pop back into visibility. Shaft, you're up. All right, so what I'll do is I'll reach in my bag, and I'll pull out that that ball that Tenchi gave me and activate it to, uh, to try to hopefully make everything silent. Okay, and as you do, kind of this, this almost like ripple in the air expands from the orb and it kind of stops at about what looks to be about a 30 foot radius around you You just kind of see the shimmer as it reaches out and then stops as if you know the air stops moving and as if nothing else has happened okay 
and that the alligator or whatever crocodile is outside of that remind me can I cast a spell within that or am I not able to speak or it's just that people outside of it can't hear Tenshi told you that it's very experimental and that you should be able to work within it but yes just outside of basically where the, the, the outer perimeter of it sound won't be able to pass that barrier okay so I'll activate the ball sort of assess where I am compared to the uh, crocodile move up about 10 feet pull out my bow as you draw your arrow you all hear the twang of his bow and you've seen him pull the orb out and activate it right you all saw Tenshi give it to him so you all know what it should do and as he has activated it you can hear him firing and sounds are still permeating through the room around you okay good so 25 to hit yep that is uh, six points of damage. And uh, now that it's been damaged, I'll take my second attack. That is a 21 to hit. And this time, Colossus Slayer on top of the damage. So that is 11 points of damage. And then I will uh, i will sort of put my finger up to my mouth and I go, It's quiet. They can't hear us. Kill it. Can we hear him whispering? You can Mia, you're up. So I just have to trust that it's quiet. Yes, exactly. So the 30-foot radius around Shaft does not include this crystalline bull in the barrel. just That's correct. So let's kill this crocodile. I'm going to chuck my hammer at it. Mon Falling Star. Okay, 15 to hit. That hits. 18 bludgeoning damage. Wow. And you, too, become visible. Do you want to move? I would like to move to the middle of the tent, so I'm just getting close as I can to the barrel while staying in the silent... What I know about the silent area? Like, how big it would Tenshi be? Tenshi didn't explain how large it is. Okay, so I'll move up in front, like, between Shaft and the barrel, but staying close to Shaft, knowing that it's probably going to surround him with the orb. All right, Falzern. I'm going to move up a little bit as well from the entrance to the tent up about 10 feet. So I'm behind Shaft and to Shikara's right. And I'm going to cast a Flaming Sphere. And I'm going to put that on the far side of him. So, and then I'll use my bonus action to ram it at him. Um, it's good, it gets an 11, but it's actually going to use a legendary resistance to automatically oh, pass it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, pardon. <laughs> so half damage. All right, so uh, eight damage, half of eight damage. And at the end of your turn, it's going to actually use another legendary action to move half its speed, closing on Shakara. Bring it. Thunder McScruggins. Whoo, Thunder McScruggins here. Let's do this thing. What thing am I going to do? Let's find out. I am going to move so that I have clear line of sight with this crocodile. And by I'm going to move, I'm going to ask Leland to move me (laughs) to within line of sight of this crocodile. Direct line of sight with no one in the way that could get hit by anything blasting from McScruggin. If that's what you think is clear line of sight, I'm going to... Just don't roll a one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just don't... All right, and with that clear line of sight, I am going to <laughs> use my circlet of blasting. Blasting, blasting. And uh, it's one charge, it resets. It's 2d6 damage per ray, and it gets three rays. It gets, it's 120 foot range. I just didn't want to, which is, that's fine, but I just didn't want to hit anyone else. No, you're good, as long as you don't critically fail. So do I roll, do I roll to attack? Go on, you make an attack speed. roll for each ray, yes. Does he get sneak attack because of Shikara? No, because it's a spell. Or it's a magic item he's using. So I get... Uh, so that's 17 for the first one? Yep, that hits. Do I draw me to do all the all the attack rolls first? Yeah, yeah, you just do them. Yeah, yeah, yeah! 20! Woo! Natural? No, not natural. Oh, oh dang it. Little woo then. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> And last one? 15. 16, 17, 18. All three hits. All right. So that's going to be 
Uh, 60, 66 damage. Fire damage, yeah. Damn. Dang. You can do this, Matthew. Circlet. So that's four. When you die, I get that, right? Five. <laughs> I figured Falzern would call dibs on that. Nine. <laughs> 12. 16. 17, 18, 19, 20. Damage blasted nice. face. Good job. Very okay. good. Boom. Very good. And that is used for the day. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty cool, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Win big. And as these rays of fire streak past Shakara hitting into this crocodile, at the end of your turn, it will use another legendary action to make a bite attack on Shakara. Wow. Yeah, that's a 25 to hit. Yeah, that kind of hits. Oof. She was like, it bring it. It just hits. <laughs> just oh. 20. Max damage for 24 oh. piercing. Owie. Do you take resistance to piercing? Piercing. Uh, yes. Yeah, so minus three. <laughs> so 22. Oh, that's Legendary resist. 20, 21. 21. <laughs> 21. Yeah, I can, I can math. And Dreg is up. He moves into the room. Yeah, I didn't like that much. Crazy. He doesn't have all that much. He's uh he's uh, he's just gonna tried and true wizard magic missile on this crocodile. He's a bit pooped. It's alright. Auto hit. It's always good. Yeah. yeah. For ten force damage. This this croc is just scales have been ripped off from fire, breath, and arrows. It's looking very bad. But at the end of Dreg's turn it will use its last legendary action to make another bite attack on Shakara. Oh, miss, 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 miss. Only an 11. That is a miss. Yes! Yes. But then it takes its turn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It will try to bite you again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, 21. It hits. Oh, man, I'm rolling really well. 20 piercing damage. Oh, my gosh. I is- am going to point my finger at it. In Hellish Rebuke. And say, Burn! Uh, that's a 19 on its saving throw. Okay, well, it still takes half damage, which, uh, half of 11. And then you see it turn its body for a tail attack on you. Shakara's not looking good. No, I figured... Its tail is only a 16 to hit. That misses. Oh, thank God. I have Revivify prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Just might run out of spell slots eventually. I have one spell slot left. Oh. So this crystal minotaur finally <laughs> takes an action. Oh no. Oh, this is bad. All it can really do is close on Mia, covering the 55 foot gap between them and uh, is now adjacent to her. Shakara, top of the order. I thought it had already moved and then it moved again. Oh no, it was real close. <laughs> How how hurt is this croc looking? It's like it's on its last. Like that tail swipe at you was incredibly feeble. Okay, uh, I'm gonna bring my sword around and attempt to hit it. Um, that's a 17. Yep. Oh, I got an eight. That's 11 points of damage. And you drive your sword into this croc's skull, killing it. Uh, can I then run over to the bull and take a swipe at it? Absolutely. You have the movement to get there and a second attack. Yep, so I'll run over to the side of the bull. So now bolstered by five temporary hit points. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, five. <laughs> this bull ain't got nothing on me. I'm going to swipe at the bull and... That good, eh? This is bad. Roll a one. Critical fail. Your errant strike hits Mia standing yep. right next to you. Yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, at least I rolled a one on that too, though. So that's only four points of damage. <laughs> Flashbacks right here. Oh, gosh. Shaft, could you roll a d100, please? Oh, my God. Are we doing everything again? <laughs> <laughs> Did he whip his wand out? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that would be a 50. Oh, no, we're going to see if the silence fails. Oh, the no. This orb on your person, another shimmer erupts from it, taking up the same type of aura. And as you kind of are fiddling with your weapon, it makes no sound. Okay. So now you are in a com- you are completely silent in this aura now from the orb. 
Uh, no, that's okay. bad. That bad. means Falzarin can't cast bad. spells that require a verbal component. Oh. Um, let's oh, see here. well, I thought we wanted to be quiet, though. We, we want, don't want us to be outside quiet. quiet. We don't want inside quiet. Oh, I'm going to have to look at my so, whole spell list and see which one. There goes Hunter's Mark. So, all right, I am going to move. There goes Shatter. I'm going to try to get up behind it. Wait, you can't do any spells. Any, well, spells that can yeah, need verbal. Get in his blind spot. Get in his blind spot, hon. That's right. I'm getting in his blind spot. <laughs> so that means I get an extra one uh, added. Yes, to the yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is going to be attack number one with the rapier. I'm going to I'm going to run over, sort of dodge around this thing, slide up behind its back, and try to get it right in the hindquarters. Uh, that is a 17 to hit. It hits. Awesome. Okay. That is eight points of damage. Second attack. As your first strike lands, shards of this crystal chip off of it, dealing 14 piercing damage to you on the blowback of your strike. Oh, man. Okay. Doesn't stop your any of your additional attacks, though. Okay, so I, I go in my other my next attack was a crit, so um, and I get Colossus Slayer on top of that, um, so I'm gonna get full. It's uh, 23 points of damage. Very good hit. This strike doesn't seem that any shards erupt from its body. Third action, third attack. Uh, that's only a 14. That is a miss. Damn. Okay. And Falzern and Thunder, from your position now on the tent as Shaft has moved up, you don't hear anything that's happening around this battle. Every strike, nothing. There's no sound. But it seems around you, you can still kind of hear a bit of what's going on outside of the tent. It seems that you are outside of the effects of this silence orb. Mia, you're up. Okay, so being by Shaft during those attacks, I could hear nothing and you still cannot hear anything. Could you say that I would recognize that my verbal wouldn't work? Yeah, you know that for sure as a caster, absolutely. So I'm going to back up 30 feet from this bull. You'll take an opportunity attack, by the way. Fine, whatever. And it will I think take it. it. Or uh, actually it cannot. Okay, oh. I think that's what Mia would do. Yeah, you, you make it like 20 feet and you step out for that extra, that 20 to the 25 foot mark and you can now suddenly hear again so once i can hear i'll stop so i'm like right at the cusp there in front of falls where falls runs at the entrance okay and i'm gonna cast shatter which is a 10 foot radius sphere centered on my own point that i choose and let me look at what spell slots i have to upcast that son of the because if i could upcast it and channel that crap. I'm gonna do it. So, I would like to center the sphere where it's only touching the bull, not Shaft or Shikara, obviously. Appreciate that. And I'm going to upcast it to fourth level, so it's 1d8 increased every time, so casting it at fourth level is 5d8 thunder damage, and I'm going to channel it so it's an auto max damage. Okay, and I believe because of wow. what it's, cre- it's constructed of, it has disadvantage on this constitution saving throw, right? Yep, it's a con saving throw, yep. and it's a 16 DC. Well, it gets a 3. Awesome. <laughs> yes! yes! Wow. Yes, nice. yes, yes! Wow. So that's 5d8, so 40 thunder damage. Very nice. good hit. Holy crap. Thank you. My, Thank you. My circlet of whatever it was doesn't seem as. <laughs> and because I'm outside of the silent area, I, I want to be like, by the power of Thor, but I like don't say it. Your <laughs> like, mouth. I like hold back. Yeah. You guys know what I want to say. <laughs> Falzern. How does the bowl look after that hit? You see kind of bits and pieces of its form have kind of sloughed and shattered off of down, uh, spilling to the floor below it. And from from uh, from its chest, some of that that bluish black liquid is now starting to leak out of its body. Okay, so it's looking like we've done some significant damage to it. Yes, I'd like to move my flaming sphere from where it was beside the crocodile 
Since I, I don't quite have the movement to... Legendary. Move it to the barrel. Shut Burn up, the everybody. Barrel. Let's get through this. This thing's almost fucking dead. So I am i don't quite have enough movement uh, with my bonus action to ram it, but I'm going to move it adjacent to the bull right, right on its uh, rear right flank there. And then I'm going to cast um, Eldritch Blast at the bull. All right. That's an 11 to hit. That's a miss. And a 24. That one's it. Seven force damage. Thunder. I reach into my... <laughs> I reach into my bag of tricks, knowing that I might need the aid of a... Hold on. Let's find out. <laughs> what is it? The powerful aid that only a... Giant weasel can <laughs> yes! bring to the table. Oh, I throw the giant weasel as far as I can towards this um, thing we're fighting. So you can throw it. You can throw it up to twenty feet. These are weasels, like from that movie Beastmaster, right? They're very smart and do what you want them to do. They do exactly what they're told yeah, through a series of intricate winks and. Yeah, so I'm gonna throw it 20 foot then. So I guess it's not gonna go that far, but. Uh, uh, well, you can you can move up. You want to you want to get it next to the minotaur. Okay, I'll go into I'll get within range to throw it right up to, to maybe. What does your weasel sound like in the silent uh, bubble? As I throw it, you can tell it's screaming, but you can't hear it. <laughs> and um, I guess I'll also get to attack. Do I? Maybe. Yeah, because you could use your fast hands, right, to, mm -hmm. to mani manipulate that object. Yeah, so I'll use fast hands to do that. Then I will go with a short bow to attack. I will attack with a roll of four. <laughs> and go, well, oh well. <laughs> I kind of look at the dust of the ground of the tent and I kind of like kick it and kind of do that cute thing where I kind of like go, oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that makes us all question your intentions and want to kill you. you know? I, I think it's called pulling a brindle, but I, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I threw a yeah. weasel. I mean, <laughs> do you do you do you try and say anything to the weasel as your bonus action? I say, get him, boy. Like that. I've never seen the weasel before. It's a new. It's a new one to me. So I uh, so I I command. Emil goes. I command the weasel quietly to um, to attack this crystalline monster. All right, uh, Dreg, gonna follow Mia's suit and just back up. And yeah, again, he's just gonna have the magic missile. Most of his spells are really support, so he doesn't have much damage. Another ten force damage, though. Yeah, I feel like force is is good against this guy. And now this minotaur gets a full turn to attack. Probably wants to get that weasel right. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's the biggest threat right That's, now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't even hit it with my second hit, so. So you, you, <laughs> see, you see it's carrying this this huge great axe, and it rounds on shaft. Uh, 25 to hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it. 19 slashing damage. Okay. It lowers its head to try to gore you with its horns. Well, it rolled a six. Because that only brings the total to a 14 with its horns. And Shikara, you're you're up. Okay, I am going to attempt to whack it with my sword. That is a 25 to hit. That hits. Yes, girl. And that is 10 points of damage, and then I'll bring my sword around again and try and cut into it. Well, at least that wasn't a 1. That is a 9 total to hit. A miss glancing blow off of its side did absolutely no damage <laughs> you're good where you're actually what uh I, I did forget on its turn the sphere next to it must make a dexterity saving throw uh which it fails so falls and you can go ahead and roll your fire damage so five fire damage leave just enough health points for my weasel to kill it i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> Shaft, at the beginning of your turn, because you roll a d100, please. 49. Again, that the shimmer spreads out from the orb, and you can hear yourself again. 
Ah. I will... I'm going to go off on this guy. So I'm, I'm going to take my rapier out. And I saw where I sort of uh, chipped at it before. The pieces that are sort of falling off. And I'm going to try to jab into, into that hole. Critical hit. Critical yes! hit. You get so many crits. I am doing awesome. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's... He gets crits more than any of us. So that is, uh, let's see here. As, as well as I did to hit, I'm doing just as poorly on damage. Uh, so that is, uh, that would be 16 plus 4. So that would be 20 points of damage. A very good hit. Not quite enough to bring it down, but as, again, as you land, splinters of its body spray in your face, doing 12 piercing damage to you. All right. That was only first attack, though, right? Yep. Second attack. That is... A 10. That's a miss. And third attack. Okay, that's 25. Yep. Uh, Six points of damage. Still kicking. You see, one of its shoulders is almost completely eroded from your strikes and attack. Like, its arm is just hanging on by this most fragile of pieces of crystal. Mia. I was thinking Shaft was going to kill it. I wasn't ready. I should have with a crit, but yeah. I rolled crap. <laughs> Let's cast the cantrip Sacred Flame. The creature needs to make a deck save of uh, 16. Fails. So he takes 2d8 damage, since I am level 5 or above. So that is 12 radiant damage. That is enough, as its crystalline structure finally crumbles into pieces. Oh, Mia is like, she's she's a god. She's feeling good. And we can drop out of initiative. So this orb, for for the remainder of this minute, basically, it's it continues to activate, uh, unless you've decided to deactivate it. No, I'm, I'm going to try to keep everything as quiet as possible while we're here. Okay. We have a freaking weasel on the bunch. Is some of that uh, liquid seeping out of the Minotaur? Absolutely. It's in pieces and a puddle of crystal and, and fluid. I want to take one of Campbell's vials and collect some. So uh, how many vials did Campbell give you? I don't recall him giving you any. No, I don't actually. know. I'm just going to keep saying it until you call me on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna She's got like 10. Today is that day. <laughs> <laughs> Dump something. Dump hey, something. Hey, Thunder, do you have any potion vials? Yeah. Well, Chug a health potion, whip it out. Emily. Well, a quick scan of what's on some of these desks and shelves. You are able to find a type of, like a vial or a container in which you can scoop up some of the liquid. As uh, a, There's a sort of like... A, much like you would expect maybe in a hag's lair. There's very strange, like, st- animal pieces strewn about in jars, like eye goat eyes and and uh, little, like, like rat claws in, in jars and stuff like that. An assortment of very strange, strange knick-knacky kind of stuff. So you can certainly find uh, something you can either dump out or something that's empty to, to take a sample of this liquid, absolutely. Okay, I will do that in one vial, as much as I can get in one vial. All right. Mia is going to get as close as she can to Shaft because she knows she's loud and no longer invisible. So when she goes over to do that, the first thing I'm going to do is dash for the barrel. Okay. All right, so I'm following behind you then. Imagine everyone's kind of moving up. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will move up as well. And you get to the barrel and the lashings and ropes in which you had basically like tried to put a lock and like secured it are no longer on it, but the lid, the, your makeshift lid is on it. I'm going to open the lid. And you see this gelatinous sack now. You can kind of make out this humanoid form without it. It seems that the sack itself has grown larger, growing more opaque since the last time you've seen it. And the water in it, as soon as you take that lid, you just get that reek of, of fish and like ocean, it's like salt water kind of smell. And it used to be this kind of still kind of clear but clearly a green tint of water to it but now you you can't see anything below the water surface as the sack is kind of bobbing along the surface of it i will reach down in and grab whatever's in there you want to try to tear the sack open i'm going to reach in and see if i can grab onto it and 
pull whatever it is out. I'm hoping, and not being able to see, I'm hoping I can grab onto Danzig, you know, on his arm or something like that. But if it's all sacked up where I can't, you know, impress into it, then I'm just going to reach in and try to pull him out. Sure, as you, as you, yeah, as you kind of grab onto him, you can't get your hand around anything really. It's kind of this, this, it's not, there's no give to it really. But with maybe Shakara's help, you could certainly pull the, the, the body out of the water and out of the barrel and set it on the ground. Absolutely. So think of like this elongated like egg, but it's kind of this, this uh, slimy and, and almost fleshy sack, like a, almost a strange cocoon that it's in. Cut it open. What, what do we see? You can just kind of make out this form inside of it, where the, the last time you saw him, you could very clearly make out that it was Danzig in some type of state of transformation. Now, what you see doesn't resemble your brother whatsoever. The, the, the fish-like and, and uh, piscine features that were growing along it have uh, accelerated, and now it looks almost like a cross between a deep scion and a triton, kind of. Those are kind of the, the the most relatable characteristics in which you would be familiar with. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a hybrid of the two, but that's that's what many of the features and traits are reminding you of. Is it moving? If we let it lay on the ground, it seems it's still. That is not your brother. Finish it off. I'll pull out my dagger. I'll go over and I'll grab onto it and sort of slice it open. And as you do, more like liquid pours out of it. And it's it's a clear liquid. It stinks just like what's in the barrel. But the, the sack kind of deflates as you do and you reveal the entirety of this naked form. Uh, no longer halfling size, it does seem to have, have, have grown and morphed into like a, a like a five foot eleven ish like a six foot being. Oh my god! The skin of this being is a dark green, and there seems to be patches of scales up and down its arms and across its chest and legs, and it does look feminine. I I look at where I think the chest of uh, of this being is, and take my dagger and jab it into where I think its heart would be. And as you do, finally you get the reaction from it as its eyes flick open. But the eyes are higher than where you think. Like, they're almost like up on its forehead. They open, and it lets out this this gasp, this kind of, almost like a, sounds like a gurgling, as if you were to like gurgle a, a mouthwash. And its, its body kind of gyrates against your strike before finally going limp. Well, that's done now. Do we have a place to put the body? We don't want to leave it here. They might just resurrect it in some way. A bag, maybe? You can't put a body inside a bag. That would never work. <laughs> You'd be a amazed body bag of holding. at what we could do. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose we could, uh, as much as it's uh, a bit off-putting. I mean, Falls we could... Just put your sphere over it. Burn Let's... That's another I option. I still do not think it wise to leave it here, even burnt. Yeah, we don't need to start a fire right now. Let's let's wrap it in the extra robe that I have, and and hopefully that will protect the the other items in my bag from it. Okay, so we wrap it up and shove it in his bag. Okay, and it barely fits. This bag's getting pretty full, but you do get the body in there. You did that so easy, like you've done it before. <laughs> It, it would almost appear that way. Wait until uh, I tell Bryn this. She'll love this. I... Hit first like last time. Oh my gosh. Someone needs to tell this man that they put Bryn. Well, I don't think we need to stick around. Let's get the hell out of here. Can I... Can I quick... Like, like let's quickly look around on these shelves. Okay. Quick. We need to stop the summoning of the vines. It's true. What we can destroy the barrels from a distance, and yeah, I think the silence. I assume the silence is still around me at this point. Uh, I would say by now a minute has definitely passed, so the sphere and the effects of the orb are no longer active. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I uh, let's take a quick look. 
and then uh, let's see if we can look out the, the out the tent, see if we have a clear path to just get out of here. Yeah, just a quick look at this uh, shelf directly across from the bed. Yeah, I think uh, Falzrin would also look around. I'll I'll look at the desk that's on the other side. I see twelve books. What are all their names? <laughs> A to B, B to C. <laughs> yeah. Encyclo- Enc- Encyclopedia Britannica, volumes one through twelve. <laughs> I can't believe we just killed the matron's vessel. This is this is good. So on this shelf. There are amidst many of these strange ingredients, you find uh, about three things that kind of stick out to you. The first is uh, an eyeball in a jar. And Mia specifically, it kind of almost like you're, you're drawn to it. And something inside of you, you just kind of feel like this is the eye of a cleric. Hmm. Dang. Okay. Is anybody, anyone else is looking too? Like, is it just me over here? I, I'm looking too. Um, yeah. I'm just a lowly cultist. <laughs> you, you can read, right? <laughs> I just like to stay out the way. <laughs> Shakara is alternately watching Thunder because she doesn't quite trust him yet, and the not Danzig to make sure it is indeed dead. Shaft, on this same shelf, you find a single gold piece. And as you touch it and you, and you pick it up, you get this unshakable belief that this is the very first gold piece ever minted. Oh, that's what I, that's what I believe? That's, as soon as you touch it, you get like this, this belief that washes it. Like You cannot be convinced otherwise while you're touching it. This is, ex- I just think to myself, this is extremely valuable and I pocket it. And that belief seems to kind of stick with you. And the third item that you can find that, that, again, kind of stands out amidst some of these more mundane-ish, still very strange, but still kind of mundane. Uh, An oval-shaped disc seems to be made from some type of uh, metal that isn't immediately discernible by either of you. Chef, take this disc. I'm, I'm taking this eyeball. This eyeball's speaking to me. It's weird. I look at the disc carefully before touching it. Just look like a metal disc. Yeah, it's very plain and very smooth, it looks like. Uh, it doesn't seem like there are any uh, type of markings on it at all. The edges uh, do look kind of blunt. I say to Mia, look, if that eyeball winks at you, I can decode it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, I'll grab the disc, stick it in my bag, sort of look around a little bit and go, let's go check out the other table. While Mia finishes up whatever she's doing. And falls are in over here while they're looking at this shelf, soon to be joined by Mia and Shaft. This desk has kind of more of a, an assortment of papers, and uh, there is there is a tome on it. And kind of leaving through it, it's seems that every page of it is filled with like very tiny, almost illegible writing, and it seems strangely, it looks like. It's a book of recordings of conversations, like transcripts of conversation. And you recognize some names, names of the elders, and uh, there are some dates. seems like someone has been keeping a a record or some type of magical record maybe created of every conversation that happened in Heraklion within the last three years. Well, this is no use to anyone. We should burn this. What? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Perhaps one of the most useful things we've ever found. <laughs> Thunder, I I don't know that you have a future with this party. <laughs> what was what was the time frame you you said? The last three years. Okay. And yeah, leaving through, like you even see some passages, like that things that you've said. You find like your own quotes. I love Brendel so much. Brendel's my best friend. Like, straight out of the babe's mouth. I can hold my breath for a long time. (laughs) I know the Tritons. I am amazed um, and just in awe of this. I'm certainly going to keep it. I think, obviously, I could spend hours and hours and hours reading it. I'm not going to do that right now. Does there appear to be, if I were just to flip, kind of flip through the entire, look at it from the edge, more or less, um, are there any, like, dog-eared pages or 
any section that seems to stand out more than the others that maybe has been studied a lot that the book might fall open to. I don't know. Just spitballing. Uh, it doesn't seem so. Uh, each of these pages, they all kind of look very worn and like well-worn uh, as if someone has, has spent a lot of time looking over it and reading through it and, and leafing through it kind of thing. But nothing, no particular section of it, kind of looking along the, the edge of it, like you say, uh, stands out to you, no. At the at the beginning of the book, the first couple pages, is there, does it say anything about who may have authored it or created it? There's nothing like that. And the, the cover of it is completely blank. It's like uh, le- this kind of black leather-bound book. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any indication of, of a title or an author or anything like that. All right, so I, I think I'll just pocket it, um, bag of holding it. Okay. And continue to look. And you don't really find anything else uh, of, of incredible interest. There There's certainly some like blank pieces of parchment that you could maybe roll up and, and take, that kind of thing. But uh, it doesn't seem like anything else of immediate apparent value. Okay. Yeah, I certainly would. I can use that to that parchment to make spell scrolls in the future. So I'll I'll grab that as well. And Dreg kind of saddles up next to you as you're leafing through this. And yeah, he's curious himself, but doesn't necessarily ask about it. Um, he just turns to the lot of you. Well, what has this accomplished? We killed the matron's vessel. We believe this means that Kralakina can no longer be summoned to this plane. At least not with this vessel. Unless another matron's vessel is born. Well, I hope that it is not as easy as it is said. Well, technically, you guys, it says the matron's vessel will become the matron, and the matron will empower Kralakina. So, I mean, Kralakina could be here, but just not empowered? I don't know. You're talking about the, the beast down in the caves. Yes, yes, the Kraken. The Kraken. Well, I think anything that has stopped additional power or growth of that thing, then uh, we have done well here, my friends. Thunder. I think so, too. Do you know of any other matron vessel? This is, as far as I know, and take what I say with a pinch of salt, but as far as I know, this is the only one that I've seen, and I was the one that grabbed this, so I don't think so. That's good news. And the ritual has not yet been performed. Everyone's just chanting up some vines at the moment. Yeah. Do you think if we destroy these barrels, that's enough to stop these infinity vines? That's enough to piss Erica off, I tell you that for nothing. I believe we must kill the cultists that are chanting. But he's a lowly cultist and he knows the chant. That means they all know the chant. The infinity vine chant. Yeah. You kill five cultists, five more replace them. Then we must destroy the pools? Somehow? I don't want to jump to conclusions, but if you kill a bunch of cultists and they go into the pools, that's just like more sacrifices. That's kind of playing into their hands. They love sacrifices. Good point. I think we need to not be caught in here. Yes. And if they need this goo, I say we destroy the barrels. I don't know. But the goo is already in the pools. Let's talk about this outside of the tent. Let's, uh, hey, Thunder, why don't you go out first, since they're not really going to expect anything from you. Uh, get some attention so we can sneak out the, the side and What I can do is, the... I will go out. I've kind of given up on, look, I'm having a bad few weeks, and... If you're going to stop all this, I will just wait out this cult business for a few more days. If you could, Because you seem like a bunch of people who can really just get an idea, stay focused and stick with it. And I believe in you for that. So I feel as though if I go out, cause a distraction, just kind of like mingle back in with the cultists. If you can ever see me, I'll give you a few series of winks. So you don't kill me with the other cultists if that's possible. I'll create a diversion while you guys go back up the mountain. Back to wherever you're going. Why would we go back up the mountain? Back the way we came is what I'm saying. We need to stop the vines. Well, We we don't need to go too far away. We just need to get out of Erica's tent. I'll make a diversion. 
while you do what you do, experts as you are, and yeah, that'll work. Just don't kill me later on down the road. Dreg, do you know how to close these pools? I'm afraid I would have to uh, study more uh, to, to figure out how to do something like that. I, I am unsure of how they work. Would it be in my book that I have? Remember the book that you said that's how you created the dome? Uh, I, I'm sure that you could find information on the, the vines themselves, but this method of summoning them, I, I am unsure. Do I have no idea how this sum- how to stop this? Like, like you say, like if you can cease the chanting and limit the supply of sacrifices and or black ooze, like those are really seem to be the only options that you have to put a stop to them. Do those barrels blow up? The party has found that these uh, black ooze within her is not very flammable, no. Mia, could you shatter the barrels to spill the ooze? Sure, but it's going to make a huge noise. And remember, there's like upwards of a hundred barrels stacked up there. So, Thunder, you, you kind of walk out of this tent. Before before I do that, I walk up to Shikara. I look right at her. I grab her one arm. I say, I think you need to learn to be a little bit more trusting. And I give her the, uh, the, hold on, the circlet of blasting, and then I go. And I just cock an eyebrow and look after him. That's all I'm doing. And then I walk out. And you walk out into kind of, again, the similar kind of bustle. And uh, again, Erica's still nowhere in sight, but actually you hear your, your name being called. Hey, Thunder! Thunder, where the hell you been? And Terry Russell comes up from within the camp, <laughs> kind of gyrating his arms at you. I look up and go, oh, God, this again. Jeez. <laughs> I got a hey Terry man, dude. I've had a time. Where, where yeah? What's up? What, what the hell? You, you're supposed to be meeting Wave Two. They said no one was there. Well, yeah, I know that. I went down to the port, and you told me to this other place, and then you know with that twice, and you think about it that way, and really, I think it's your fault. You know? You know what? I'm still freaking black and blue. From my trip here, I don't need any of your crap, okay? Look, just get over to the storehouse, start moving some boxes, just make yourself useful. I just look down and think, and say it aloud even, because it's a podcast. I say, say, I'm so lonely, but at least, you know, when I see Bryn next, this, you know, I'll have some stories to tell her, and I go over and start moving boxes. The only thing keeping me alive is knowing that one day I'll see Bryn again. <laughs> but as you continue to the boxes, your giant weasel does pop its head out of the tent and scamper after you. Excellent job, everybody. Thank you very much, Matthew, for joining us. We will end, end that there. Oh, that man. What the heck? What are we going to do? I have no idea. Tell, yes, please tell everybody who you are and what else you like to do. I am Matthew Jude. I do a podcast called This Game's Broken, which is a board game panel show. A bunch of videos do a bunch of video things. It's a thing that exists. That's definitely good. It's a lot of fun. It's the board game podcast that most resembles the Incorruptible Party. I've... <laughs> yes, that's actually true. And I also do another show called Death by Monsters, which is a show about monsters, mysteries, and the unknown, which is nothing to do with board games, but it is a lot of fun, and we talk about Talk about weird stuff. I have no Very idea what when stuff. this episode is going to come out. So who knows what we're you have some about. pretty big sponsors. I mean, Honda Accord, Accord Banquet. So you can be fake sponsored by whoever you want to be fake sponsored. By. <laughs> we might need to Roll think about getting fake some money. fake sponsors. <laughs> so that's it. That's me. That's what, what I do. What would we be fake sponsored by? McLaren's Obviously, finest. some type of sex <laughs> yes, toy company. Yes, McLaren's <laughs> finest. <laughs> McLaren's finest, <laughs> the go. body bag of holding. <laughs> well, you know what? Ink sales are down lately. Times are a little tough. McLaren's has had to branch out and expand their inventory. They, You can find any type of butt plug you want at McLaren's <laughs> finest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Brightwood family could, you know, sponsor us a <laughs> The Brightwood bit. is a great name for a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, they glow in the dark. This is amazing. <laughs> Fuck.
finally, my biggest problem, never being able to find it in the dark. The power of Thor. <laughs> Watch while I make this lightsaber disappear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I did not, I did not mean for Thank Thank you. Down there now. Thank you very much again, Matthew. Um, just FYI, though, for everybody listening, the Jude Feud 2020 is still going. And uh, I guess you'll return for the after party if you're up for it. I will definitely return for the after party. This is my favorite podcast. I'm really excited. So thank you for having me on. Excellent. Excellent. That'll, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yes. Thank you. This was great. Yes, thank you, Matthew. And that's our show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Par on Twitter. Incursible Party on Instagram and Facebook. You can visit IncursibleParty.com for additional world and NPC information. The Incursible Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. For your design needs, visit CriticalHitDesign.com. All ambient sounds and music during the episode are courtesy of TabletopAudio.com, and our intro outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. You can contact him for your own musical inquiries via email at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. Happy adventuring!